Hello, 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 and welcome to Capital Musings, UNCDF podcast where we focus on fresh ideas that make finance work for the poor. I'm Eduardo Tanchoni, your host, and you can find Capital Musings on your preferred streaming platform or directly on a dedicated website, podcast.uncdf.org. This time around, we have a mini series that we're going to be focusing on celebrating Women's History Month to see and talk to emerging leaders in the field that really apply a gender mainstreaming and gender transformative approach to financing. And today, I'm so super excited to have us joined by Jessica Espinosa, CEO of 2X Collaborative. Good morning, Jessica. How are you today? Good morning, Eduardo. I'm fine. How about you? Not too bad. Not too bad. So let's jump right through it. Thanks for joining us. And we're truly excited to have you with us today, especially as we celebrate Women's History Month. So can you share with us three words that best describe your life journey thus far and what they mean to you? Thank you so much, first of all, for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you today. And uh, yeah, thank you for the first question. So three words, literally three words that come to mind are breaking the mold, although you probably uh, prefer three distinct words. So let's say if I have to choose audacity, data, and collaboration. Okay, so audacity, data, and collaboration. I really like, you know, that's the both options. As you can see from, <laughs> like, like, in our podcast, we have some of uh, our speakers that use, uh, like, sentence with the three words and others that use three names or, like, adjectives and stuff like that. So would you like to walk us through both, if I may ask, like, breaking them all, what does that mean to you? And why audacity, why data, and why collaboration? That'd be nice to hear. Okay, great. Let me start with three words first, and then I'll come back to the breaking of wall. So first of all, audacity. You need audacious goals and a moonshot vision if you want to achieve something big. Then data. In today's digital economy, you can no longer convince people and make decisions just based on claims. Today, people's choices and decisions are based on data, especially in business. And then collaboration. I've seen the greatest initiatives succeed through collaboration. And I fundamentally believe that today's challenges are too big and complex for us to be able to tackle them in silos. So when I started my life journey, the ecosystem was very much organized around dichotomies. For example, you're either mainstream or your impact, your business or social, your profit or purpose, competitive or collaborative, growth or inclusion oriented. And so a common theme along my journey has been to challenge those artificial notions that you have to be either or. In fact, in my own business experience, if you want to make a difference and be competitive long-term and be really leading the field, you have to break the mold and innovate and think outside of these dichotomies and boxes. And so to be competitive, you have to be collaborative. To have sustained growth, you need diversity and inclusion. And I'm convinced that profit and purpose go hand in hand and that impact will become the new mainstream. So that's how I'm connecting my three words. That's one tagline and, and the three uh, separate words. Super, super. I think you've really touched upon so many different elements that I want to dissect a little bit more. So definitely too big of a challenge that we're all facing with a triple planetary crisis, with COVID-19 pandemic that really 
only by working together as partners can we really achieve change for the people that we serve. And I think the thing about data around making informed decisions that we cannot, especially like by seizing the digital evolution and digital innovations, I think we can never stress it, not enough, let's say, especially at this day and age. And audacious, I like the word audacious. It's a very empowering word, especially when we talk about investing and when we talk about making the bridge to what they may appear at first hand to different worlds and making them tap together. So just like in terms of dichotomies, I agree with you in terms of normally we try to divide the world in black and white and to make it simpler for people to understand. Yet when the challenges that we're facing on the ground are too big and that's oversimplifying them, maybe worse than supporting it downwards. So thank you for that. I just wanted to give my take on this as well, because it's a very interesting thoughts around that. But especially for the bigger challenges, the breaking the mold and using collaboration to do that, this appears to be what you're doing now with the 2X Collaborative. Can you tell us a little bit more for those that may not know the kind of this very large partnership and what its mission is, please? Sure. The 2X Collaborative is a global industry body for genderless investing that was launched at the UN Generation Equality Forum last year in partnership with Gender Smart and the Investor Leadership Network, ILN of Global Pension Funds. It builds on the 2X Challenge, which has invested and mobilized more than $11 billion under the 2X criteria from 2018 to 2020. And as many listeners are probably aware, the 2X Challenge was launched by the Development Finance Institution at the T7 Summit in 2018 as essentially a joint commitment to mobilize at least $3 billion of private sector investments that benefit women in emerging markets by the end of 2020. This then led us to develop the 2X criteria, which have since become a global industry standard for gender lens investing. And we have significantly surpassed the original $3 billion target with the DFIs investing 6.9 billion themselves and reaching 11.4 billion, including co-investments in less than three years. By 2021, the 2X Challenge had 12 DFIs and MDBs, so development finance institutions and multilateral development banks as members. And given the success of the 2X initiative and the momentum in the global field of gender lens investing, many other types of investors were knocking on our door and eager to join. So in response to this growing demand that we saw, we launched the 2X Collaborative as an independent and scalable entity, which plays the role of a global industry body for gender lens investing. The 2X Collaborative now brings together the full range of investors deploying capital with a gender lens anywhere in the world. So DFIs and MDBs, but also pension funds and other mainstream asset owners, family offices, financial institutions, private equity and venture capital funds, and other private sector investors. The 2XC provides members with access to peer learning networks, uh, knowledge, co-investment platforms, partnership and training opportunities, and innovative investment tools. And it is designed to serve investors who are making their very first gender-focused investment equally well as investors that are at the leading edge of the field. Our co-partner is Gender Together, where we act as a one-stop shop for gender lens investing. 
And our goal ultimately is to increase the volume and impact of capital flowing towards gender equality, women's empowerment, and gender smart business. And so we're really excited to see our membership growing with many new types of capital providers joining. And to your point, breaking down these siloed approaches and really bringing everybody together for more impact and more volume. More impact, more volume. Very nice words and very needed. So thank you for this very thorough explanation of the Twix Collaborative. And it indeed is such a marvelous initiative that really, really testifies how investors can truly and meaningfully collaborate to mobilize capital for gender equality. Us at UHCDF, we're really proud to be part of the 2X Collaborative and be part of such an incredible group of partners. So thank you for bringing us together on this important journey. Now, let's dive into a bit more what gender-focused investing actually means and how it can unlock capital to address other pressing issues that we all face. Let's think about climate change, for instance, and addressing climate-related impacts for women is a priority for 2X. So that's what I understand it is. So can you share with us what you feel is pivotal for any investor you mentioned you support both the ones at early stage as well as the more advanced in the investment journey. That this stream of investors they may want to work in the climate sphere, how would you advise them to what kind of steps should they be taking in order to apply a gender smart approach in their solutions? Yeah, so first of all, you're absolutely right. Uh, we have defined gender and smart climate finance as one of our priority areas in the 2X Collaborative given the strong nexus that we see between gender and climate goals. There is now a growing body of research showing this nexus between gender equality and climate action. And so we're convinced we cannot achieve gender goals without climate action and vice versa. We cannot achieve climate goals without gender equality. We have a very active gender and climate task force that you may have heard about which has co-created a gender-smart climate finance toolkit that we launched at COP26 in Glasgow in November. And it was exciting to see the traction, especially at COP26, and the widely shared recognition that we have to move beyond seeing women as victims of climate change to recognizing them as agents of change driving climate action at the front lines. Uh, for instance, we've also been collaborating with The Rallying Cry, placing a spotlight on women entrepreneurs and uh, business leaders across Africa and other emerging markets who are really driving climate action on the ground. And so I was particularly thrilled to share the COP stage with Prudence Mochinuta, CFO from Comaco in Zambia, who is spearheading climate action and put, is putting on that COP stage a spotlight on bottom-up solutions driven by women entrepreneurs like her across emerging markets. So that's the overall setting and how we're approaching it. But turning back to the Gender Smart Climate Finance toolkit and guide developed by 2X. This provides essentially guidance and tools and relevant case studies to support investors and other capital providers to integrate gender in their climate finance investments. And back to your point, it doesn't matter if they are very early in the journey or already well advanced. It's really meant to address the practical challenges of all types of investors. So it dives into the why, the what, and the how of gender and climate finance. And the guidance toolkit features 11 sector-specific and thematic guidance notes on a range of sectors such as energy, agriculture, manufacturing, infrastructure, 
and financial services, and also thematic areas like adaptation, mitigation, green jobs, and biodiversity. This toolkit has received very positive feedback from capital providers and mobilized this since we launched it. And the 2X Collaborative has now formed a new community of practice focusing on the practical implementation of the toolkit. So over the next months, we will support 2X Collaborative members with peer learning sessions, practical trainings, and sharing of most or more project examples and case studies also from, again, different types of investors and different local contexts to show how it can be done in practice. And I think to this discussion about breaking down silos, I think gender and climate in particular is extremely interesting because even those investors who've always had a strong focus on impact and are, so to speak, leading the field, gender and climate has often operated in silos. So they are often highly specialized climate finance teams and highly specialized gender finance teams. But bringing the two together and leveraging opportunities at this nexus is incredibly powerful. And that's something that we want to promote with the 2X Collaborative and also the various partnerships that we have in this space. Thank you. Very interesting. I think, you know, breaking down the silos, having a more of a multifaceted approach when delivering and defining solutions that work for everyone. And this foot is behind first, so really, especially in emerging markets is so needed. There's many specialized investors. There's many specialists at large that really know a lot about how to apply a gender lens through whatever they do and others that are very, very, very knowledgeable and experts on the climate sphere and uh, finding somebody or like some that can do both successfully is very challenging and so having these toolkits may help hopefully, but let me know, I'm a very practical person when it comes to guidances, peer learning. In our podcast, we talk a lot about the importance of sudden perspectives when it comes to defining solutions that work for LDCs, the least developed countries or emerging markets at large. And we truly value, you know, this sudden perspectives as a common thread and the key to sustainability of whatever we do and whatever we apply. So. I'm an investor that maybe I'm very into doing climate, but I would like to put some my the gender dimensions of my investments. Can you walk us how we could use this toolkit that you were talking about and how it could help as an investor to immediately start working more on what I'm trying to achieve with the gender lens in this case? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And the toolkit, the approach we've taken with the toolkit is to look at case studies of what investors are already doing and what kind of innovations we already see and then how that knowledge can be adopted by others and inspire others on how it can be practically done. So we're working a lot with case studies, but also, again, like the what, the why, and the hows. Why does this even matter? Why should we not see the SDGs in their little boxes and take siloed approaches? But how are they all interconnected and we can really leverage synergies and basically unlock these ripple effects that are often talked about. So let me perhaps share a few practical examples of specific case studies that kind of show how it can be done in practice and then take it back to your question of what that tells investors or how they can use the toolkit. For example, we have a case study of MCOPA, which is a leading off-grid solar technology company in Africa where the pay-as-you-go model reaching I think more than 800,000 low-income households. 
And the two ex-members CDC worked with them to undertake an impact study to understand the benefits of a new solar fridge product on women. And it's really interesting. They found several benefits in terms of one, time savings, which if you have a gender unaware approach, you would not even realize that there's this time saving potential that can also reduce women's unpaid work as well as alleviate essentially women's time poverty. So the study found specifically on the solar fridge product that there were time savings with hours saved each month, reducing stress and, and time poverty. Then secondly, female entrepreneurial activity. So interestingly, women were 71% more likely to start a business um, if they had access to that new solar fridge product. And these findings from these studies then provided proof of concept for the new solar product and encouraged the company to include a strong agenda lens in product design, distribution, marketing, and financing option. So again, you can see in this example that gender is not an afterthought in climate smart investing, but it's really informing product design and what works in practice and is embedded throughout the whole business and especially on the marketing and sales side and product development side. It's part of the whole process and the solution. And to take perhaps another example from a different sector, and you may have heard of Insure Resilience, the investment fund managed by Blue Orchard to improve access to climate insurance across the countries. So the DEC sub-fund uh, works with MFIs, with microfinance institutions, and combines loans to smallholder farmers, especially women, with insurance products against extreme weather events and natural disasters. And so when our 2X member EIB invested into this fund, they set a target that at least 40% of the beneficiaries uh, should be gender smart businesses, according to the 2X criteria. And this has led to the design of gender responsive climate risk insurance schemes based on the collection and the analysis of sexist aggregated data, which was previously not available. So they helped add a strong intentionality to a scheme that may have reached women as beneficiaries, but perhaps not. But they really made it intentional and informed by real data that helped them make the entire design and solution more gender smart. And that is also something that you can see in the toolkit again about the, the why. We see in, uh, in interesting studies, both in academia, but also in evaluations of investment projects, that if you tackle climate without the gender lens, uh, the solutions are often not as effective as they could be because they don't take gender dynamics in the community, for example, or structural factors uh, into account. And so even if your main interest is climate action, it's actually smart to add a gender lens because you can make those solutions much more effective. And vice versa, of course, we also know that if we're interested in gender equality, we cannot reach it without taking climate action. Again, there are natural synergies and great opportunities. So in a nutshell, I would say the toolkit, what it does is it provides some data on the business and impact case of investing at the gender and climate nexus. It has these case studies that investors can hopefully identify with and see what was the challenge, what was the intervention, or what was done differently, and what was the outcome, and why is it smart to combine the two. 
Interesting, interesting. And I think for anybody that is thinking about how does it actually affect me and my business, I think having these lessons learned and these case studies for the toolkit could really help because there's lots of lateral skills that you may apply and the opportunities and the challenges that may be faced in a specific context or in a specific you know, area of work could also be the learnings that come with it. They can also be replicable to other endeavors as well. But like, it appears that there's already lots of work being done on this. So what else can partners thinking about helping women across the world through investments do? Do you think that there's anything missing? Are there any easy wins uh, you think that could bridge ambitions with real results on the ground? That's a great question. And we've been reflecting a lot on the key lessons from the first three years of the Trex Challenge. So looking at these over 11 billion that we collectively invested and mobilized and drawing some lessons on what works, what were quick wins, where are more structural barriers. And so we conducted a learning report with external support also from Dahlberg to do a deep dive into these lessons. And what we noted First of all, on the success side, so the success of the 2X challenge and the strong pipeline, especially in the COVID year 2020, really speaks to the fact that DFIs and other investors have been successful in translating the business and impact case of GLI into tangible action. There have been significant achievements in working with existing client relationships to identify gender smart opportunities, especially during the structuring phase of the project and during the value creation or the portfolio management phase to help essentially transform traditionally gender-blind businesses and financial intermediaries to become more gender-smart across the 2X criteria. On the other hand, the growing interest in GLI has not yet led to a reflection on investment strategies and criteria of investors, such as, for example, the question of which investment approaches can have the greatest impact on leveling the playing field for women. And this consideration is important because presumably gender-neutral investment criteria can perpetuate historic inequalities. Over the last years, in particular, we've seen dozens of funds and alternative investment vehicles led by women and local diverse teams come to market with exactly the types of GLI strategies promoted by the 2X Challenge. They have developed extremely interesting investment strategies to overcome bias and structure barriers faced by local underrepresented entrepreneurs and gender-smart businesses. And yet, paradoxically, these pioneer GLI funds have struggled to raise funds from institutional investors, as they are often perceived, or in some cases also are, first-time fund managers. So it's a matter of risk perception. In some cases, it's actual risk because of more venture type, early stage and SME focused strategies. But in other cases, it's also more the really the perceived risk, such as bias faced by women in investment decision-making roles. And I've been doing my own PhD research on how gender bias in capital allocation from private equity and venture capital funds to entrepreneurs is reinforced by gender bias in capital allocation from institutional investors to funds. There's interesting data, for example, in a recent study by IFC and Oliver Wyman that found that women-led companies receive only 7% of PE and VC investments in emerging markets. So in other words, 93% of capital 
goes to male-led companies. And this diversity and, and gender gap is largely attributed to the fact that 92% of investment decision makers in emerging markets, PE and VC, are a relatively homogenous group of men with gender unaware investment strategies that tend to overlook promising diverse businesses. So back to the key learnings or like what have we done with that? Based on these insights from market studies, but also from our own experience in the 2X challenge and some of these more persistent barriers that definitely require collaboration and more innovative approaches, we ran a groundbreaking series of design sprints last year to co-create a solution that's much more innovative together with more than 120 investment professionals, including pioneer GLI funds, uh, regional private equity and venture capital associations, and limited partners, or LP type of investors across developing markets. And this design sprint concluded that the smartest way to unlock capital really at scale for more resilient, climate smart and inclusive economies is to invest in female-led and gender-balanced fund managers with intentional gender lens investing strategies. So the outcome of this design sprint is 2X Ignite, which is a holistic market-building solution to unlock gender-smart capital at scale by accelerating 100 gender-smart fund managers and vehicles reaching over 1,000 gender-smart businesses across emerging markets over the coming years. Twix Ignite is essentially a blended facility that combines capacity building, working capital, and warehousing to accelerate this next generation of gender smart fund managers, and then providing investors with an investable pipeline of GLI funds. This, as I mentioned, more innovative solution and that's really tackling some of the root causes and more structural barriers aims to overcome those persistent gaps and missed opportunities that we still see and thereby unleash the ripple effects of GLI towards all of the SDGs. So long story short, if you ask me what's missing, uh, we are currently missing out on a huge opportunity. And the next frontier of GLI will be to move capital to women-led funds and vehicles with intentional gender-smart investment strategies to reach overlooked founders and gender-diverse businesses in more innovative ways. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think it's a call to action. I mean, you've touched upon so many different elements. I think you've really dissected, deciphered the importance of moving capital to women-led funds and the importance of how and why, and you know, having the evidence there, having a little bit of data, the collaboration that comes with it that really unlocks this kind of opportunities for all, not only for gender equality, but also other important aspects as we all work towards achieving the 2030 agenda. But also it's simplifying it, of course, it's uh, the dichotomy between the perception of risk and the actual risk. I think this is so important, not only for gender investing, but most importantly, when we try and think about investing in emerging markets like the LBCs and having these lessons learned and knowledge products toolboxes as the one that you were mentioning before really help out, I think, uh, you know, to, to start the conversation because only by knowing can we really start focusing on what we can do next and how we can fill in those gaps and uh, get to those easy wins uh, that you were sharing just now. Again, you really gave some food for thoughts to our audience and to those that may be thinking of doing something and doing something now for women and with women. 
any last thoughts, very brief, that you would like to share with us to conclude this very interesting episode? Yeah, as a last thought or additional thought based on what your reflections just now, I think it's also really interesting to take a look at diversity and inclusion, this intersectionality lens beyond gender. And that's especially true in emerging markets and some of the least developed countries, because we also see certain biases and they are often unintended. They are just embedded in historic inequalities and presumably neutral investment criteria that don't really level the playing field. And depending on local context, again, a case for looking at local capital providers, local entrepreneurs versus expatriate entrepreneurs or more global North-based investors and capital providers. So that's what I really liked about the design sprint to design solutions together in collaboration and make sure they work in local context, that they really work for the entrepreneurs and that they also work for the investors. And looking more holistically, who in the local context are the ones that are currently not benefiting from solutions? Gender is obvious, and that is often cutting across, but in local context, it could also be the other social groups that are excluded. And Gender Smart with their Jedi, so a justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion working group have done really interesting research or collaboration work on this and have recently published a guide in 2X. We have the 2X Plus Task Force looking at this. And then, of course, the Criterion Institute has really been spearheading this thought leadership on a power lens and also process metrics looking at how power dynamics can also play a role. And it's super interesting. So I would encourage the audience to take a look at some of these resources as well. And I think that's also something that we will prioritize going forward in the text collaborative. Thanks so much, Jessica. I think also for these additional resources that the audience, if they want to have a look at, can they access them through your website? Yeah, definitely. So our website, collaborative.org, and then we have gendersmart, gendersmartinvesting.com and the Criterion Institute that you can easily find via Google or in social media. Thank you again. I mean, amazing, amazing data, amazing information, amazing lessons learned. I think I've learned a lot today and I cannot wait to apply it. And I'll definitely have a better look at the toolbox. Yeah, I love having these toolboxes or like you know, this set of rules maybe for my low background. That's <laughs> like, but I really like some structure. I love, really like structure and so having a look and to try to actually question your normal way of working. I think it's an interesting way of looking at it. So thank you for sharing that. Let's be audacious, as Jessica said at the beginning of the episode. And if you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up, comment on it. Just share it with your peers and share it with your colleagues that work on this sector and work on these initiatives. Let's get the conversation going and let's, let's move some capital to women funds in emerging markets. Thank you for joining us today on the MCDF podcast, Capital Musings. Once again, you can find us on Apple, Spotify and our dedicated website, podcast.uncdf.org. If you found this episode useful, please spread the word on Twitter with an hashtag Capital Musings or leave us a review. Reviews help us and new listeners discover our podcast. So if you enjoyed listening, please leave a review. 
thanks and until next time.